SOS Radio On Demand. It changed my heart. On Demand. It changes your life. Thanks for downloading Scott Harold's podcast. I think we've all felt the division in our country, and it's frustrating when we also feel that in our church. And we're talking with Jim Cimbala. He launched a Brooklyn Tabernacle in New York. He's actually been a pastor there for over 50 years. How are you, Jim? I'm doing great today. It's great to be with you, Scott. Thanks for having me. You know, it's wild because a lot of times, you know, when you're working in a church or or even I work in a Christian radio station through the years, you know, that there's listeners that kind of lean a little more conservative and some that lean a little more liberal. And for a lot of the time, you talk about how you share the hope of Jesus, how you talk about where we are in our lives and our culture. And you sort of aim at the middle sort of as the bullseye. But it feels like in these last couple of years, everything's gone like way left or way right. And sometimes I wonder, like, how many people are even left in the middle anymore? (laughs) Yeah, and why I wrote this book, Fan the Flame, I got trapped down in Florida on March 8th, 2020, because the pandemic spiked here in New York, and my wife and I went down for five days. We stayed 16 months until we could open up back here, because New York was really in lockdown mode. And what I learned by being down there talking to pastors and people around the country, leading clergy, is that the pandemic and the murder of uh, people of color by police officers, George Floyd's situation and politicalization of everything, you couldn't buy a ham sandwich without getting in an argument with somebody. It revealed to me the soft underbelly of the so-called evangelical church, because as pastors were telling me over and over and over again, They were being attacked and roasted on social media, not because they didn't believe in the Lord Jesus Christ or a central doctrine of the Christian faith. No, no. It was about, I'm Fox News first. I'm CNN. I'm black first. No, I'm white. I'm conservative. I'm liberal. So Christians would be attacking each other instead of being, by this show, men know you're my disciples, you love one another. Attacking one another because you find out that the first identity of a lot of believers is not Christ and not the body of Christ. It's something else, racial, political. And that is really sad. And what it's doing is splintering the Christian church. Yeah, so what do we do about that when we have certain things that we really like or we tend to identify with, but we've let them get in the way almost like idols in our life and we put our identity in other things way before Jesus? We've got to get back building the Christian church, God's way, for God's glory, uh, trusting in God's gospel and the gospel of Jesus Christ, and trusting in the power of the Holy Spirit and the Word of God, rather than these 18-month, two-year popular fads of how to grow your church and get increase your numbers, because that's producing now a dismal situation in America. 42% of all pastors polled a couple months ago said they would leave the ministry tomorrow if they could just get a job with benefits to cover their family. So the discouragement level is at an all-time high, and less people, percentage-wise, are going to church now than in the history of the United States. So you can't spend those numbers. You can't do faith talk and all of that. You have to face that and say, well, wait a minute. Maybe God has a better way, and it's found in his word, because what we've done is left the word and the way the church was built in the time of the book of Acts and the epistles, and we've gone into the culture converting the church rather than the church converting the culture. 
We're talking about how we fan the flame and how we navigate through all the challenges and all the dissension that we're feeling, not just in work, but in our church. And we're talking with Jim Cimbala. He launched the Brooklyn Tabernacle in New York and has been the pastor there for over five decades. And Jim, your church is famous for the Brooklyn Tabernacle Choir as well, and amazing music that your wife actually leads. And, you know, it's interesting because music's a key part of culture. Obviously, we go to church and we worship and the community is really important with that, but I think we miss a lot when we think about that of who's really in charge when we're thinking about our churches. Yes. By the way, my wife is supremely gifted, isn't she? Imagine yes. she's won six Grammy Awards and she can't read or write music still. <laughs> and she's just coming out with a new project here in October called A Night of Worship at the Brooklyn Tabernacle. Really the best thing God's ever helped her to do. But you raise a, a great point. When Jesus was on planet Earth, he led about 12 disciples, and then there were 70, 72 others that he gave direction to. But before the Last Supper, right around that time, he told them that he would be leaving them after he died on the cross to pay the sacrificial price for our sins and then resurrect and then go back to heaven. He said, but, you know, I'm going to leave you, but I'm sending another helper and just as Jesus Christ was in charge of the Christian church when he was on earth, he sent the Holy Spirit to be in charge of missions, in charge of local churches. He left him in charge. So you would think that even if you would have gone to Peter and Capernaum and said, yo, how long are you staying here, Peter, James, and John? Hey, we don't know. When he moves, we move. When he goes and teaches, we listen. We follow him. He's in charge. So you would think that we would get, as you read the book of Acts, the fact that Jesus didn't put the Holy Spirit here to be our servant, but we would be his servants, and he would guide the enterprise of the Christian church, empower us to share the love of God, love one another, even when people are different, because his love transcends, the love of the Spirit transcends just human love, which is based many times on race and color and whatever. So... The Holy Spirit, I think, has been displaced as head of most churches and denominations. And instead of us seeking his infinite wisdom and his direction and his power, it's like we figure things out because we're smart and we've been trained and we know the original Greek. And now Holy Spirit come and, and bless what we want to do. And it's not working out well in case some, anyone has noticed. <laughs> we need to get back to that submissive humility. Holy Spirit, lead us, guide us. Make your word real to us. Teach us your word. Open my eyes that I might see new things from your word, as the psalmist prays in Psalm 119. we got to get back to the Holy Spirit. But the problem there, of course, Scott, is that on one side, there's so many excesses and fanatical, crazy things barking like dogs over the years, just these crazy things twitching, <laughs> all blamed on the Holy Spirit, so that the other side of the evangelical church says, well, wait, if that's the Holy Spirit, let's just have a Bible study and then go out to eat. So you have this thing of, you know, insane asylums and places that they buried the dead, just cemeteries or insane asylums. But in the middle is the Holy Spirit that built the church in the book of Acts, and we need to get back to that. Yeah, like in Acts 20, the Apostle Paul says, and now compelled by the Spirit, 
You know, I'm going to Jerusalem not knowing what will happen to me there. Like, I know that in every city the Holy Spirit warns me that prison and hardships are facing me. I mean, the Apostle Paul knows that he's always walking through dangerous territory or navigating that tension where he's sharing the gospel. And I mean, he even gets into a situation and his friends are like, hey, you shouldn't go into Jerusalem as you've been, you know, preaching to the Gentiles and kind of going out and talking to all these, you know, Greek and Roman people. And our, our Jewish family is not going to be cool with that. And they might, you know, you know, they, they might throw you in prison. They might take your life. And he walks into it all, and they start accusing him of all this stuff. And it's really interesting how the Holy Spirit leads him. And he's talking to the Pharisees. He's talking to the Sadducees. And they're all accusing him like in unison. And he starts pointing out like, hey, I, I was a Pharisee, and I was trained by one of the brightest Pharisees that you all respect. And my dad was as well. And we're in this place where we have a hope for an afterlife. But you Sadducees, you don't really believe in an afterlife, so I don't know what you're doing, but like, I have to share Jesus because there's a hope for the afterlife here. And then they started arguing amongst each other, and he was basically able to just sort of walk away. <laughs> I know, and what's remarkable about that passage, the reason he was going to Jerusalem is that he was being compelled by the Holy Spirit. That's language we wouldn't even use today. Compelled? What do you mean? How would he talk to you? How do you know to go? No, the Holy Spirit compelled me, but I don't know what will happen to me. And we're such control freaks, too many of us, that I'm not going anywhere where I don't know what's going to happen. I got to know what things are going to happen. But see, that's the adventuresome kind of faith that they had in the early church and throughout history, men and women that God has used that we're losing today because it's organized to the nth degree. we got to control everything, and thus we don't leave room for the Holy Spirit to do His precious work. Maybe you read the book Fresh Wind, Fresh Fire years ago, or you've listened to some of the music from the Brooklyn Tabernacle Choir. Well, we're talking with Jim Cimbala today at SWIS Radio. Jim, a minute ago, we were talking about how the Holy Spirit is sort of missing from a lot of our churches today. and We sort of put things in this weird pendulum of, yeah, there's the churches that sort of act kind of out there on certain things with the Holy Spirit and blame things on the Holy Spirit that might be emotion. But then on the other side, we have churches that are sort of spiritually dead because the Holy Spirit's not active and nobody wants to listen to the Holy Spirit, but he's one of the three parts of God, and that's what we miss. That's what's leading our church, Jim. I know, and, and as Samuel Chadwick, the old Methodist preacher, said, Christianity is hopeless without the Holy Spirit. It's just hopeless. You cannot read the New Testament and think that anything would happen unless you give attention to, you are open to his help, you're seeking his power, I mean, the whole thing is built on the Holy Spirit, which fulfills the Old Testament promise. It's not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord. So when Madison Avenue and corporate America invade the church, hey, we're smart, we're going to figure this out, and we're going to learn how to do church with excellence. And we lose that precious simplicity. You know, there's a reason why Jesus was born in a manger and not a palace. And the church was born in an upper room with the visitation of the Holy Spirit because God's reminding us that the church is not built by pizzazz and showbiz techniques. Whether we like it or not, we just got to humble ourselves. The Christian church is built by the preaching of the gospel under the power and direction of the Holy Spirit. I don't care what century you live in. We don't want to be antiquated, antediluvian. But the truth is, we need God to lead and guide us. That's why the history 
of the high moments of the Christian church are always related to revivals. Well, what are revivals? What was the Great Awakening, the Second Great Awakening, the Welsh Revival, or any uh, revivals in local churches? It's when people got sick and tired of being sick and tired. And predictable meetings with no converts, no baptisms, no changes in the people living, just have church to have church, or now just let's have a happening, but no dramatic changes in people's lives. But if anyone is in Christ Jesus, they're a new creation, and that's what the Holy Spirit alone can do, and that's what our culture needs, a church that's really salt and light through the power of the gospel. So, Jim, how do we know when we're being compelled by the Holy Spirit instead of just being driven by our emotions? First of all, you have to accept that we can be led by the Holy Spirit. He does lead people. There are some cessationists and anti-supernatural people out there. They don't hardly believe in the electric light bulb, much less the Holy Spirit. So you have to be open. The Holy Spirit is alive. He's on planet Earth. Jesus put him in charge of the Christian church. The only changes in our lives can come by the fruit of the Spirit, not making promises that we're going to be better. So the Spirit is paramount here in building the Church of Christ. Well, he's never going to lead us to something that's not in Scripture. So if you feel you have a prompting to hate your mother-in-law, that is not God, because the Spirit would never contradict what he already wrote in the Scripture. So that's to be filled with Scripture helps us. But if we're open... And then we pray and ask God for confirmation. I I think I'm supposed to go on this short-term mission trip. It would mean some sacrifice, but I think I should do it. And God, this is what I sense, confirm it. Then you share it with prayer partners or people that you respect in in spiritual leadership positions. And God's not going to fail us. He's not there to taunt us and lead us down wrong roads. Will Satan try to, you know, gum up the works? Well, of course. But if we just take a humble position and say, God, I want to do your will, let your spirit guide me to do your will, God will not fail us. We're talking about letting Jesus renew our calling and revive our churches. We're talking with Jim Cimbala today at SWS Radio. He's been a pastor for more than 50 years at the Brooklyn Tabernacle and written a lot of books like Fresh Wind, Fresh Fire, and has a new one called Fan the Flame. But Jim, about 28% of Americans are church-going these days, and that's one of the lowest numbers that we've seen in polls in a long, long time. I mean, what do you think a lot of us are missing about why attending church matters more than just listening to a great preaching podcast and letting that fill us up? First of all, you can't advertise a feast if there's no food on the table. So people are going to vote with their feet. If they go to church and don't meet the living God, don't hear a word that builds up their faith and brings comfort to them. If the Lord isn't working in the local church, you know, in the local church in the New Testament, the Bible says people would leave and saying, wow, this is the the unlearned and the stranger. They would say, surely God is in the midst of those people. Why? Because the Spirit's work was so evident. So we're missing that. And thus people say, what? I didn't get anything out of it last week. Why would I go again? i got better things to do. And that's bad because uh, we need never to forsake the assembling of ourselves. There's something about meeting in real time, in real life, worshiping together, hearing the word, praying for one another, uh, hearing testimonies of God's goodness and answers to prayer. But remember, as the culture 
gets more and more anti-God. I don't know where you all are out there in the far west, but here in New York City, there is an anti-Jesus feeling in the media, in the Board of Ed. Are you kidding me? I say they are, they're not neutral. They're against it. So you have to have something powerful and real. Otherwise, you're going to just get that lukewarm feeling and lukewarm kind of church where people go, what's the sense of going? But listen, God can still do it if we'll do it his way. That's the question before us. So, Jim, it sounds like what you're suggesting is we need to rethink what the Holy Spirit's role is in the church and what we're allowing him to do. I mean, he can do whatever he wants to do, but a lot of times I think he just sits back because we push him away. Exactly. You know what's interesting about even I was thinking the other day, got that the last picture we see almost of Jesus on earth in the book of Revelation, in one sense, is at the end of the seven letters that he writes to seven different churches. And the last letter goes to a church in Laodicea, which was neither hot nor cold, but lukewarm. Couldn't have been a lot of Holy Spirit work in that church, because if the Holy Spirit is filling people and working, how could you be in a place where Jesus is going to vomit you out of his mouth? But the last picture we have of him, if we ask the question, well, what happened to that church? Jesus wrote a letter. Now, what happened? We don't know, because it ends this way. Lo, I stand at the door and I knock. If anyone hears and gets up off their back end and opens the door and lets me in, we'll have fellowship together. But we don't know what that church did. The last picture we see is the Lord knocking on the door saying, please let me in like I love you all. I gave my life for you. Would you let me in? And I think that's the way it is with the Holy Spirit. The New Testament tells us he can be grieved and he can be quenched. His influences can be grieved and quenched. No, you can't stop God. Oh, yes, you can. He can be quenched and grieved, and then he just goes around looking for someone who says, help me, I'm open, Holy Spirit, come. He'll always find those kind of people. But too many of us are saying, I can do without you. And for me and my wife, you keep saying we've been doing this for 50 years. That's true, but you got to point out that we began when we were seven years old. And for me and my wife here in New York City, we cannot manage one week without the help of the Holy Spirit. Are you kidding? Downtown Brooklyn, everything going crazy. It's like Dodge City here since the pandemic. Crime rampant, people being shoved off of subway platforms, gangs, mentally ill people just everywhere getting very aggressive. I mean, a lot of people are just fleeing New York. But this is where the gospel's needed and where your listeners they're needed wherever they are. The gospel is needed, but we can't do it in our own strength. We have to open the door to the Holy Spirit, not quench him and grieve him, but say, come and work and move freely. The Holy Spirit will have control or he will have nothing. You can't manipulate him. He's God, the Holy Spirit. Uh, we're talking with Jim Cimbala today on SWS Radio, and he has a new book. It's called Fan the Flame. and It's wild how about 42% of pastors that have been polled in this last year have said they would totally walk away from working in ministry, totally just walk away if they could find a job that had some benefits. Why do you think it is that pastors are just so grieved right now? I've been traveling around the country and world the last 15 years, doing pastors' events in every place from Korea to Bangladesh to all over this country. And I come up with a couple obvious evident truths. Number one, if you do it the wrong way, I was a basketball player in high school and college. If you shoot with your elbow flying out, I don't care what kind of Air Jordans you're wearing, 
you're not going to be successful because you're shooting wrong if you grip the ball wrong. So if we don't do ministry God's way, as found in the, in the New Testament, we're going to run into brick wall after brick wall, and even the carnal solutions and fast uh, remedies that are advertised, they're not going to make it so you get discouraged. You get discouraged. You're doing it the wrong way. And then the new ways that promise you guaranteed success, your church is going to explode. You've got to cast a new vision for your church and all of that. That's proven now over the last 20, 25 years to put us in a bad spot. So there's that. Then there's congregations that are in attack mode right now. It's very hard to be a pastor. You need very, a lot of courage because, as we said before, people are more identifying by race and political preference than they are as Christians. So there's no tolerance. There's very little grace, very little patience. It's what? You did it. What are you? You're for wearing masks? This is back in 2020. What? Masks? You are, I knew you were a devil. What? No masks? This is what guys who were telling me in Florida. People are leaving their church no matter what position they took. You're not woken up. No, you're too woke. So when you have a congregation like that, you got a major problem. Thirdly, churches have not fulfilled their calling, all of us, as being a house of prayer. God said, my house will be called not a house of preaching, not a house of skinny jeans and a fog machine. My house will be called a house of prayer. Why? Not to burden us in some legalistic way, but no, at the throne of grace, I'll give you all the mercy and grace you need. Churches are supposed to be characterized by an atmosphere and the practice of prayer. And I think everyone would agree we've moved away from that. Just take wherever area your listeners are listening from. What churches in their area have a prayer meeting? The church was born in a prayer meeting. Who has a prayer meeting to say, God, we're gathering together to bring our requests, our problems, wayward children, but we know you are a God who answers prayer. And when you do that, you're going to see heaven come down and great things done so that Jesus can be glorified. That is so good, and thanks for being bold enough to actually call it out and say it. We're talking with Jim Cimbala today at Swiss Radio. In his new book, it's called Fan the Flame, Let Jesus Renew Your Calling and Revive Your Church. Thank you so much, Jim. Thank you so much, God. Blessing. Thanks for downloading the SOS Radio podcast. If you enjoy the discussion and want to help the podcast grow, you can make a $10 donation through SOSradio.net or inside the SOS Radio app. Thanks for your generosity. It helps us experiment with new things and keep the discussions fresh.